0: In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Last week, I started uh, our message time together by asking you to do something that I said uh, was going to seem difficult, if not impossible, and that is I asked you to imagine yourself or to put yourself in the place of someone who's been dead for over 2,000 years, uh, that being the Apostle Paul. Um, But we did it, I think. Uh, We all made it through. Uh, But today, I actually want to start our time together by asking you to do something that is probably even more difficult. Uh, if not impossible. And, and that is, I would like for all of you here today to imagine yourself as a slave. Now that's difficult, right? Living in the, in the place and the time that we do. But I would, I would like for you to imagine uh, that you have lived your entire life, however long that is, 10, 20, 30, 90 years in slavery. That your life is not your own, but you belong to someone else. I would like for you to imagine the chains and the shackles that mark your wrists, an ever-present reminder you belong to someone else. To imagine that the next time you woke up on a Saturday morning, you would not have to choose between getting brunch or going for a hike because you don't make decisions of your own. You are told what to do. Imagine if you can, life as a slave. And now imagine if you can, tasting freedom for the very first time. Imagine again, you've lived life, your entire life as a slave, but now you have been set free. Can you imagine what joy that must be to experience freedom? And and can you think about what the first thing you might do with your newfound freedom would be? The first thing you would do after having lived your entire life in slavery and now being set free, what would you do first? Some of you, I'm sure you would be running, running straight for the arms of a loved one, right? A brother or, or a sister that you were separated from at birth that you just can't wait to see. Or a, or a husband or a wife that you were torn apart from uh, by your slavery and you can't wait to be reunited with. And, and, and you run to them and you embrace them, never wanting to let go, making up for lost time. Some of you uh, might just run and run with nowhere in particular to go, just running and dancing and skipping because the chains and the shackles of your slavery are gone, and, and you can move freely now, and, and for you, that's, that's all you want to do. And, and others of us, we would be running, but running straight for a bowl of ice cream or a large deep dish pizza, whatever that food is that we've only heard of and been dreaming about for years throughout our slavery. For as many people as there are here today, I think each of us would choose to do a little bit something unique or different with our freedom, wouldn't we? And yet there is one thing that I think none of us would be doing. I don't think a single person here, having lived uh, our lives in slavery and then having been set free, I don't think there would be a single one of us who would be choosing to run back to the slavery we came from, right? That would be crazy. None of us here would say, all right, put the chains back on. I can't wait to be bound and I can't wait to take orders from some other master. I can't wait for my life not to be my own again, right? None of us would do that. And yet that's exactly what the people do that Jesus is teaching and talking to in our gospel reading for today. These are some Jewish people, John tells us, who had come to believe in Jesus. So they now believed in who Jesus was. It was like they had freedom standing right in front of them. They they were listening to the freedom of the gospel message that Jesus was teaching about. They could reach out and touch the freedom that Jesus came to bring with their own hands. They had freedom at their fingertips. And yet, for some reason, they chose to run back to the slavery that they had been living in. You see, in John chapter 8, Jesus had been teaching about freedom. He teaches the people where everlasting and eternal freedom comes from and what that looks like. But, but just a verse or two into it, these people, they stop Jesus and they say, Whoa, 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 Jesus, why are you telling us about freedom? We are free, and and we always have been. We've never been a slave to anyone. We are the descendants of Abraham, Jesus, the chosen people Israel. Why are you telling us about freedom? You know, when we read this, uh, maybe if you're like me, you read it the first time, and you're like, those silly people, right? They just don't get it. They don't understand that the freedom that Jesus came to, to bring. They are so ignorant, and And if you're like me, the more I read it, though, as as I spent time in this reading this week, I began to hear their words kind of become my own. I read about the freedom that Jesus was talking about, and I began to think to myself, what are you talking about, Jesus? Uh, Why are you telling me about freedom? I am free. I always have been. This passage is not for me. I've never been a slave to anyone. I'm an American, after all. Jesus, don't you know I live in the land of the free? I have my Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. Why are you telling me about freedom? Jesus. And I think Jesus would say the same thing to us, if you're like me, as Jesus said to those Jewish people who had come to believe in him. He would say, if, if you think your freedom comes from who your ancestral father is, or because you were born with the right blood, if you think your freedom comes from the country you were born in, or that it comes from a piece of paper given to you by the government, then, then guess what? You're not free at all. You're a slave. See, Jesus is pushing us hard today, maybe in a direction we don't want to go. He's making us think about things maybe we don't want to think about. He's telling us that every single one here today has lived life as a slave. There's a part of each of us that rebels against this, right? Uh, But maybe if we would just stop to think the next time, the next time we buy a $200 pair of shoes, $200 that we don't have that should go towards rent or towards paying our, our, for our kids' food or the, the light bills in our homes, the next time we spend $200 on a pair of shoes that we can wear to a party to impress people, or, or the next time we spend an hour crafting the perfect Facebook profile pic, right, so that everyone will see how beautiful we are. Maybe then we will realize that at least a part of us is enslaved to the opinions of other people. Or maybe the next time we miss another one of our kids' soccer games again or the next time we miss another family dinner again or the next time we skip worship again, not just to make ends meet or because we're in a season of busyness in our lives because that happens to all of us, but we miss those things because we're working for an even bigger ch- paycheck or to get a, an, even another promotion. Maybe then we will realize that at least a part of us is enslaved to the almighty dollar. Or the next time we do something that looks to be really good, Right? like we write a big check to some uh, really important ministry or we volunteer for some really important position at church or we do something really good around the house. Right? We cook dinner for our family and we clean up uh, around the house for our kids. Uh, but not out of sacrificial love, not simply because we care for our families, but to get a pat on the back and to have everyone tell us how great we are. Maybe then we'll realize that we are enslaved to our own self-pride. So again, Jesus reminds us today, he tells us pretty plainly that everyone who sins is a slave to the sin. So the next time we lie or we gossip or we hold on to hatred in our hearts or we speak an unhelpful, unkind, unproductive word about that political candidate that we just can't stand, maybe then we will realize that we are living lives as slaves because everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, like I said, there's a part of each of us, part of myself, that rebels against this, that tries to tell myself, no, 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 that sin, it does not control me. I am not a slave to it. I am, I am stronger than it. I am free. But, but if we were honest with ourselves, we would realize otherwise. And, and maybe there are some of us here today who realize the slavery that we have been living in, and we realize the sin and the temptation that controls us. And we've told, Lord, I'm going to stop gossiping, and then the next day we find ourselves around the table at work doing that very thing. And, and that sin, it enslaves us. You know, the thing about slavery is it's exhausting and it's painful. And there are some of us here who, I think, realize the depths of our sin and realize that we are enslaved and who have been trying to find freedom wherever we can find it. Who have been trying to break free from the chains and the shackles that bind our lives. And we're looking for freedom. We long for freedom and the rest that can come from living free. And if that's where you're at today then remember the words of Jesus from John chapter 8. Because in John chapter 8, Jesus tells us where true freedom comes from and it does not come from the size of your paycheck or your bank account. True freedom does not come from the government. The government cannot give you everlasting and eternal freedom that you're longing for. True freedom does not look like you and me doing whatever we want, whenever we want it, doing whatever makes us feel good. No, that's really just being enslaved to yourself and your own whims and desires. No, Jesus reminds us today that true and everlasting freedom comes from him. He says, if you abide in my word, if you hold fast to my word, if you live a life trusting in my word, then you will truly be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, brothers and sisters, if we are to have any freedom, it is only going to come from God's word. Because it's the word of God which says to you and which says to me, you are forgiven. That sin which once controlled you is is wiped clean. It's washed away. It's God's word which reminds us that there's a Savior who came to this earth to live and to die and to rise again for you so that death would not control your eternal destiny and have the final say in your life. It's the word of God, the word made flesh, the word, the promises of God that took on flesh and bones and blood and was incarnate and was born in a little manger and lived the perfect life and went to a cross on Calvary and rose from the grave. It is the word of God made flesh. It is Jesus where we find true and everlasting freedom. And as we live a life abiding in him, as our reading says, or holding fast to Jesus, trusting in his promises that what he has done is enough, and we are free. And that's a freedom that can't be bought, it can't be earned, it can't be worked for. We don't deserve it because of how capable we are. No, we have that freedom because of how capable Jesus was, because he was worthy, and because he did it all, he paid the price for our freedom. Now that's an amazing message. And yet, maybe if you're like me, it's, it's hard to really grasp because we look at our lives and we're exhausted sometimes and, and we're worn out and we think, all right, I know this message of the freedom of Jesus, but I just don't feel it in my life and I just don't see it. I see my sin, but I just don't see the freedom. And, and anyway, what does it look like to abide or to hold fast to the word of God, right? How do we get this freedom? Well, I'd like to tell you just a quick story, one example of how this looks. A couple of years ago, about five years ago, before I went back to school uh, to study to be a pastor in seminary, I spent a year uh, serving and helping out at the Lutheran home. Many of you are familiar, right? Nursing home, senior living community, not far from here. And I would uh, assist the pastor there, the chaplain, on Sunday mornings with some things. And then I would come during the week and uh, meet with uh, the residents there, just spending time in different rooms. And there was this one resident who I got to know during my time there. Uh, I, I would spend uh, some time with him each week, and by all outward appearances, he was a slave. He lived his entire life in one small 10 by10 10 room. Uh, the only visitors was his wife um, who was sick herself and not able to come too often. Um, you see, it looked like he was a slave to Alzheimer's. A terrible disease that robbed him of his mind, that left him unable to speak. We couldn't carry on a conversation. It looked like his Alzheimer's had trapped him and, and bound him and chained him, that it did not allow him to live the life that he longed to live, probably that he had planned to live in his final days. It looked like this man was enslaved to his disease, and that disease controlled him. But what I came to learn is that he wasn't a slave at all. He was actually free as free could be. I learned this as I would go to his room, and I would try to spend some time talking with him, but again, he couldn't really uh, communicate Uh, So then I would usually just begin by praying and I would say the Lord's Prayer because quite often I didn't know what else to do. And and so I would begin and I would say, Our Father who art in heaven, and then he would begin to speak. Uh, The words just rolling off of his tongue. A minute ago he wasn't saying anything, but now the words just flowed and we would pray together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And, And then I might say the creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And again, the words would roll off of his tongue. And then the pastor might come, as he did some weeks, and he'd hold up a piece of bread and a little cup of wine, and he would speak the words of institution, and he would ask the man if he would like to receive the body and blood of his Savior, and the guy's eyes would light up big, and his mouth would open wide, giving us the only answer we needed to see. See, here is a man who had spent his life abiding or remaining or holding fast to the word, To Jesus, who had spent his life coming to worship, to hear the word proclaimed, to to hear it sung and and read. He was a man who had received the body and blood of his Savior week after week after week, who had said his prayers and and studied the scriptures. And now, in the final moments of his life, when it looked like everything had been taken from him, like it looked like he was enslaved to this terrible disease, he was free. He wasn't a slave at all. Neither are you. Whether you're like that man and you've been abiding and remaining and holding fast to Jesus for your entire life, faithfully coming to worship, or or whether this might be your first weekend here and you're just figuring out who Jesus is and what he's all about, know that it is Jesus who sets you free. By his life, by his death, by his resurrection, he has freed you from your sin and from death, from the power of Satan. So brothers and sisters, having tasted this freedom that we have in Jesus. Let's not run back to the slavery of our sin. Instead, let us run and dance and skip into the arms of our Savior who welcomes us in, who promises us an eternal embrace in the arms of our Savior. In Jesus' name.